Hey, what's up, y'all? It is Will here at Schedule Fly, and for the second time now, I have Joanne Palsko on the phone. She's up in Wisconsin, and has been in the business a long time, very successful, several great restaurants, and is also the current chairwoman of the uh, Wisconsin Restaurant Association, if I'm, if I'm not mistaken. Is that right, Joanne? That's correct. I have that honor this year. Uh, how, now, how long have you, when, when is your term? It's for one year, so 2020 okay. is my year, and um, of course it started out <laughs> like any other year, and by the time we hit March, things changed a little bit. Wow, uh, what a what an interesting year to have that role. Um, well, well, thanks first of all. Um, there's a lot going on, and I know you're really busy, and you uh, moved over one of your other restaurants to Schedule Fly the other day, and I saw in the sign-up form that you mentioned... Uh, haven't been on the podcast and of course I, I thought it was a new one it's just one that you had been using something else but um i was just really excited to see that and so i'm, I'm glad we were having a chance to catch up and i i had no idea about the um restaurant association so you've got really uh, a couple of perspectives i want to i want to ask you about today one is an owner and, and leader of a, a team of people and then one is a um a part of an association that i'm sure you've had a lot of um politicking going on this year yeah, <laughs> and it's like, where do you start? <laughs> well, let's talk about the um, let's talk about your restaurants first, and how y'all are doing, and you know what's what's going on there. I mean, I, I like to ask everybody um, what's happening where they are locally because things are so different in in, in mm-hmm. different parts of the country. Um, how people are sure. handling it, what the you know the legislation is, and the rules and guidelines and so forth. So, what's going on your way? Well, um, boy, it's like where to start. Um, I have two two restaurants in. Um, we're in a small midwestern town. The easiest way to f- identify we're north northwest Wisconsin, but if you most people know where Minneapolis, Minnesota is, we're an, about an hour and a half east of Minneapolis on the uh, obviously in Wisconsin side. Um, so that's probably easier pinpoint for those who aren't familiar with where we line up with the Great Lakes and all. Um, so we've been doing this, our main restaurant, we've been here 39 years, um, the mothership as I call it. And then our newest restaurant we opened about two years ago in a little um, adjacent to a park that was we loved. We fell in love with this park because it was user, uh, it, it attracted families and um, had a little babbling brook as I call it. And um, we loved we loved everything about it and it was sort of conceived on paper and um, we so we got involved in that and that's where we've been. Um, so yeah, so we've been doing that and um, all was good. Kind of nice steady growth and then then the whole COVID thing hit. So um, I you know as you say I do have that local perspective. Our in Wisconsin overall we if anybody was following we had quite a bit going on um, with with a, um, a kind of a politically fueled situation for a bit. And, um, you know, when, when COVID hit, we had a mandate where everything got locked down and then there was a, um, the, the, um, um, gosh, Supreme court, Wisconsin Supreme court came in and reversed, reversed what the governor had, um, put down or the governor's, what governor's, um, designees, and then about, I believe it was the very next day, our local county uh, health department came in and um, put a, a new, a, a, our own, their own mandate on it. So we kind of got 
opened up and then shut back down right away. Um, okay. We've been dealing. We've been dealing with that. It's been a little confusing because you go Owen County to the north, and there's it's doing what the state is doing, so no restrictions. But if you come 10, 15 minutes south where we are, um, we have um, we have requirements and they're well thought out i mean indeed we have something we have a pandemic going on um but as a small business we are limited and we have the social distancing and um you know luckily we're well versed in already as a restaurant and health good good um sanitation practices but you know we're wearing face masks and gloves when it's um when it's important to do so depending on our different types of operation and what we're dealing with and so that's what we have um you know the, our part of this our state has larger municipalities like madison and milwaukee and they have their own sort of things going on and then we've got our pocket and then a few other parts of the state but then the rest of it's kind of the wild west hmm. only the wild wisconsin <laughs> wild wisconsin uh Challenging so it's to, confusing. Yeah, I was going to say, challenging <laughs> to keep up with, you know, I mean, all the different levels of government and who says what. And um, having to reopen and then close back, that's, a, that's, I don't think people really understand, if you're not in the restaurant business, what that means. That's a big deal. It really is. And, of course, what's scary is you don't know what might be around the corner. Again, you know, depending on how this whole thing works its way out. Um, it, but for us, we went from literally, I think we had about not even 24 hour notice when we were shut down, there would be absolutely no in-house dining whatsoever. Mm. And so a lot of those of us who have full service restaurants had to quickly pivot. If we didn't have some component, um, already doing so more toward takeout and delivery, um, and then gradually, as things kind of loosened up, we were allowed to have, we didn't get percentage mandates. It was more about every 144 square feet or six feet of distancing. And that's how we sort of um, gauged how many, what kind of occupancy. For us, it translated to about 25, 30%. Um, oh, so that was, so you couldn't do 50% because of your... The layout, right. you, oh, that's interesting. You're, okay. So you're limited by your square footage, and that okay. applied indoors and out. We, we're lucky we're in our summer months, mm. so we have patio dining at both places. But, And, I, and I'm speaking for my, not only myself, but all fellow restaurateurs. Um, we all have the same restrictions, at, at least if we were in Clare County. So we're limited then to, to how many guests we could really have inside. And um, we're also limited by staffing because with, you know, you kind of put most of your staff has to go on a layoff and you can't, you know, you don't need 25 people on a night when maybe you've got, you can get by with three. Yeah. Because you're so limited in what you can really, in the very beginning, you know, mm. and some chose not even open, which is, I can respect that decision. But, so, was some still but, haven't opened? Pardon, you, you mean me? you mean some folks that still haven't opened yet? Well, yeah, some in the their very beginning days um, optionally closed. We had a, a local owner who owns about three or four different um, establishments, and 
she opted to close everything voluntarily right away for two weeks. And then she slowly, when this kind of got extended, she slowly um, kind of morphed into like just doing the takeout or curbside, you know, and delivery. Um, but some closed um, indefinitely and some threw in the towel and said, that's it. We're, we're done. We can't, we can't make a go of it anymore. So definitely the statistics are very grim for our industry. If you look at the National Restaurant Association, they've released some statistics, as has Wisconsin. And, um, you know, there are, there are some restaurants that are not going to be able to survive, survive this. It's already, as you know, challenging. Most of a well-run restaurant will do, you know, 4 to 5% profit margin at the end of the day. And that's if it's going well. Yeah. So, well, a lot of challenges. What are some of the statistics? What I mean, what's what percent nationally do they think will will close permanently, and how does that change in Wisconsin? Well, or ha- I say will we, what have closed? I guess. Well, we I know that in in our state, I can tell you because I kind of hear you know I have regular conversations with the with the. Um, the folks at the main office and um you know unfortunately we're seeing quite a few um especially mom and pop type businesses mm. it, it it depends on where you are obviously like we have some fellow restaurateurs who are in madison and i don't know if you've heard any of that news i know you're out there in california but no i'm in you know, i'm in north carolina um oh you're in north carolina so, okay yeah I'm sorry no, well, you um, always think software companies. You always think kind of you know squid. But no, there's just we're just a small group of five five dudes here in North Carolina. So, um, uh, well, I mean, I did. I don't really watch much news because I, it typically puts me in a bad place. I just there doesn't sure. seem to be. So I try to get my my facts where I can, um, but but avoid that. But I do know there was some, I mean, am, am I remembering correctly, there were some marches on the Capitol, there were people with firearms, yeah. or is that, is that am I remembering that right, or did I make that up? It was, it was crazy, and I don't know how much you want me to go into it, but, you know, we have a um, wonderful uh, restaurant that was owned, um, independent couple, couple owned this independent, beautiful little restaurant on, on State Street, I don't know if, you know, if you, anybody knows Madison's a big college town, obviously, and State Street is a real popular place, very close to the Capitol. And the protesters came in, and in this couple, they were up all night for two nights in a row, like FaceTime Live, just literally holding vigil in their restaurant, hoping that if people would see them there, they would not smash the windows in. Mm. Um, you know, and then afterwards, they were boarded up, and so then they were having to do business boarded up without inside dining because even if they took them, if they took the boards down the, the the lead time on getting replacement glass is like two months and there was no way to guarantee safety and it's just and then i mean it's just i could go on and on and on but the mm. challenge is these folks first they had the pandemic and then they had this mm. so it was um it was pretty tough but um back to those statistics uh, they're they're saying that the industry, and this is nationally, will lose about two hundred and forty billion dollars in sales by the end of this year, mm-hmm. and about seventy five percent of operators are saying that the restaurant um, will will not likely be profitable within the next six months. Mm. Um, so, I mean, it's 
27% are temporarily closed. Um, we've got we've got hiring challenges because, um, you know, there's some aid that came in, which is great, but then we have some people, you know, our industry's known for providing work for people who have difficulty finding work in other sectors. Yep. And, um, which is one thing we love doing because we provide jobs and help help everyone in, in this fashion we you know being able to do that is so great but with all the unemployment now the state plus the federal so we got people who aren't, aren't so anxious to come back to work at this time because they're they're comfortable at home so even if the switch were flipped and they could say okay tomorrow you can go full back to full 100 percent capacity i don't know that we could really do it because we wouldn't have the manpower don't those benefits expire at the end of july though they do. Yeah. So it'll be interesting. And we've had a few, as we've slowly tried to ramp up, which I mean, still only at 25 to 30%. We've had, we've asked some folks to come back and, and they, you know, haven't, haven't been interested in doing that. It doesn't happen a lot, but there are some folks and we've had to, you know, replace those positions that, that we otherwise just needed to fill just to keep going for demand. But um, but we are afraid to go full because what happens if the pandemic gets worse again and they cut? We have to cut back. What? You know that would be a nightmare. It would, and it's certainly possible. What What about the process if you find out that one of your staff tests positive? Is are, are there what are the guidelines in place in that situation? Sure. We actually, um, I've been fortunate to work on this local task force um, that that started and I was asked to be on the on the hospitality sector so every week I'm on a zoom meeting with um, the local health department and other people in hospitality bar restaurant hotel folks and we talk about this and we have developed a lot of really good um, controls I should say to, to implement initially it started out where we were doing more of this measures you know make sure staff is checking in and are they well when they come to work and et cetera, et cetera. and now just this last week we started working on what happens if you do have a staff member who's diagnosed and obviously the first thing is to keep them you know well and home and um to find out if there was any contact with everyone wearing masks we're um <clears throat> we have that extra level of safety you know it's not like it's it's just um, we're told by our health department that if they're wearing that three-ply or better, then, um, you know, there's not so much of a concern if there is an issue. I'm not saying I'm not minimizing it, but, I mean, it's not like oh, you've got to be shut down for whatever time. Yeah. Um, you know, we just sort of look at what happened, isolate that person, um, monitor the wellness of everyone else. And anytime anybody comes in, the first thing, we have a long sheet and we check everything, like, are you feeling well? Are you running a fever? Have you had any of these symptoms, et cetera? And if anything is positive, uh, yes, then they're not allowed to work. Mm. They're sent home immediately. Okay. Have you had, have you, I mean, do you know people that have had it, or staff members, or former staff members? Or? Not in our, thankfully, not in our establishments. We have had some local, um, there was a local chain restaurant, Italian chain restaurant, that had um, a case. Mm. And we're in a college town also, so our our little, we've got a street that's where all the kids go, you know, and they congregate. And um, there were some establishments there that, you know, college kids by nature are going to 
hang out together and go yep. bar hopping. And so there were some cases there, and then they just do the contact tracing and um, put out some, have you been here? If so, watch your symptoms, that kind of thing. Man. It's a scary time. It's a real scary time. Yeah, it really is. It's so hard to know what, well, there's just no precedent for it. I really feel for you and your peers in the industry, uh, particularly the independent restaurants that, oh, you do so much for your communities and uh, already, and you're just an important asset to the communities that you're a part of. It's where people come and gather and celebrate and mourn and, um, you know, have all these different periods and you know important events in their lives and and then now you you got the this pandemic hits and you know you're forced to close and then you've got all these crazy regulations so it's a a tough thing um Mm -hmm. yeah and And fear you know yeah but you you have people who are just fearful and, and fear um you're also the most resilient bunch of people i think i've ever come across uh and creative and thoughtful and intentional and just you know the ability if any group of people has the ability to weather what y'all are doing it's (laughs) y'all you know you're if you own an independent restaurant you're 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 like this tiny percentage of the population that's wired a certain way that you can like just adapt and adjust better than any of us uh and, and you're you're putting out fires constantly already now this is a really right. big one uh we, we do kind of thrive on the chaos that's true you totally do i mean it's like if i were going <laughs> to bet on any group of people to like figure out how to get through this it's y'all um so right. it, it but it but having said that and I, I i say that lightheartedly i mean it's it's legit serious stuff and it's very hard to navigate it's very hard to figure out there's things that change constantly um and like you said who knows the industry you know the the one thing about the projections is they're just they're 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 just a guess they're just an estimate i mean nobody really knows because nobody knows how people will behave i mean we've got customers that have told me they're blown away that they're you know they're they're beating last year's sales numbers with takeout only and certain but you know it's it's, right. it's it, who would have no. ever guessed that so um it, it's an it's interesting true. yeah because you know depending on your operation i was on a conference call last week and um with some people from around the state and we've got you know those of us who not myself but who were already poised um in a position like you, like one gentleman owns a, a drive, drive-in, drive-up, you know, like a root beer stand. And they're only open in the summer, but they're just, they're busier than they've ever been. Well, it's so conducive to that, you know. It's, it, this is one, it, this has helped their business immensely. And those of us who are full service had to figure out how to survive. And you're right, though. There was some amazing creativity that came out of it. Um, a lot of us started developing new lines to attract more, to, to kind of accommodate more like people who dine at home. We started with these family meals for four where you could call, you know, you didn't even have to have more than the same amount of lead time you would to order any meal. It wasn't like you had to have 24 hours notice or something. We just quickly said, what can we whip up quickly that people could, maybe they're on the way home from work and they can call and order it or whatever. And so we did those family for four type meals. We have a restaurateur in the state who actually um, developed a completely new restaurant 
and and worked it as a ghost kitchen this out of his current operation and he's going crazy with it and it's all it's online it's deliver it's uh pickup and delivery only yeah yeah and he you know talk about smart and finding he knew there was a niche for um for the indian food there was no indian food in this community Hmm. and he he's a very small menu but he's going gangbusters with it good for him that's yeah i mean how how instead of half glass empty it's half glass full right well you know it's one of these things where you you couldn't predict this was going to happen it's here there's nothing you can do about it things are going to change so it's just now how do we how do we manage it the best we can and how do we try to maintain our positivity and our creativity and y'all are like i said a, a group of people that you know by and large as a collective is really good at doing that and uh, i've been so inspired by what i've seen across our customer base we're lucky to have you know I mean, we've got customers in every nook and cranny of the country and uh some of the stories sure. we've heard are just amazing and also the stories we've heard of of customers you know you tip your hat to right. the members of these communities that y'all serve that have really tried to find a way to you know change their habits to partially because they've had to um certainly right. but then like you know buying more takeout or giving these really great tips to staff or they they re- people yeah. are people are realizing more and more i think they're Many knew this consciously, probably some subconsciously, about how much they really value their local independent uh-huh. um, restaurants, and no, they don't want them to true. go away. You know, they they yeah. they want to figure out how they can help them because they want them to be there because uh, they realize yeah. how important they are. They you know they're an important part of your life that you may have taken for granted as we so many things that we took for granted before that you go wait a minute now that's no that's I don't that's want that to go true. away. Uh, we've saw that especially in the beginning when we could only be open you know it was a very surreal time because you go you know you know what it sounds like in a restaurant that's operating at capacity just the sound of the equipment and the sound of the voices and the clatter and the yeah just the the life that's inside of a restaurant and when we had to go in the beginning and we first just just those first few nights of being open just with the skeleton crew, they may, might be just one or two people in the kitchen and literally one person out front for the smaller operation because you didn't know. And the silence of it and the people coming in, but they were so supportive. And you can imagine inventory, you go from par levels hmm. after being open for so many years, you know exactly how much produce you're going to need. I mean, sure, there's a little bit of a margin, but in general, it's like on autopilot you know what you're going to need and when you go down to almost nothing you don't know anymore and you can't order what you normally so you're scrambling and every day we would have a little powwow on the phone what what do we need we need basil today do we need romaine today do we need you know and it would be it it was far I said half open than it was to be fully open because of the just the amount communication you had to have well um, but people would come in and we say i'm sorry we're out of this or we would go to a limited menu we don't have it and they'll be don't worry about it but we're, we'll give it to you for free because you ordered this and came in to pick it up and then we realized we could are you kidding no 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 i'm fine just please just you know i want to pay you i want to tip you i want to super supportive i love that that's so great it's wonderful to hear that and that that really comes out of people when they 
are in situations like this. Most people are good people, and they're good members of their communities, and they they love the establishments that they that they uh, are fortunate to have. So, um, we'll talk a little bit about. I don't want to keep you too much longer, but I do want to ask about the. Well, I want to ask about the Wisconsin Restaurant Association and the National Restaurant Association and the lobbying y'all must be doing. I mean, I know the that I always say NRA, and it just the National Restaurant yeah, Association NRA. is I certainly say NRA, and that's good. Restaurant, not rifle. Yeah, <laughs> uh, they, they've been lobbying in, in in Washington, and I'm sure y- y'all have had a lot of communication with your state. But what I mean, what are the things that the whether it's the state government or the federal government? I know about PPP and we've been, you know, but what else have they done? What else should or do we hope they can do uh, for the industry, if anything? Sure. Well, that's a great question. Um, First of all, we're we're a nonpartisan organization and we try to make that very clear because sometimes people hear lobbyists and they think we might be slighted one day, one way or the other. And we're not like that. We are all about um, finding legislators who will listen to us and help with legislation that helps our industry in general, whether it be ways to provide better to employees and staff uh, and customers or laws. You know, right now, one of the hot topics, (laughs) believe it or not, can you believe we have to worry about this, but is um, finding some protection against um, frivolous lawsuits (sighs) and that that might be COVID-related. You know, we live in a world where if someone were... um, did come down with COVID-19 and they claim they got at your establishment, are they going to try to sue you? Or, you know, things like that, um, that you wouldn't think we'd ever have to just want some protection against that or some, you know, not protection, but you know what I mean? Well, for sure. Absolutely. Um, so that was a thing. The PPP was big. We did have um, town hall meetings quite a bit with legislators um, virtually to let them know that the PPP really didn't help our industry very much the way it was written. Um, you know, the, the original draft with the eight weeks, there was no way any of us were going to be able to put everybody back to work at that time frame. And, you know, to pay people to stay home um, is kind of, it was like you couldn't, what I meant to say is you can't bring them in. If you, if you only need, as I made the example earlier, maybe two people in the kitchen and one person or two out front, you can't bring in all 20 or 25 you used to have and just have them bumping into one another just because you can pay them. You know, it's just it's counterproductive. Um, so we just said, you know, we need a little more time to use this so we can gradually bring people back and pay them and, um, and you know, maybe some help with rent or mortgage and because um, our costs are fixed. Some of our costs are fixed, like our property taxes, if we own our property, our insurance. Um, those things are fixed costs, whether we are closed or open. Yeah. So um, things like that. And they did listen, and they, they came back, as you, as I'm sure you know, with um, with with a longer timeline and a little more wiggle room on what, what the money could be used for. So that was, um, that was very beneficial. Good, good. Well... We can't, you know, necessarily always rely on the government. We, but if we can get help, that's a good thing. And um, they, there's a lot of incentive, I'm sure, for a lot of people to, you know, that 
y'all do stay, as many of you as possible stay in business because that's a lot of people with jobs um, right. that, you know, need jobs. And, right. I mean, the industry employs some crazy number of people. I think independent restaurants alone, it's like, what, 11 million people or something like that um, right. across the country. So, yeah. um, well, how are you holding up? Yourself, I mean, you got you're wearing a lot of hats. Is uh, it you know, as an, uh, somebody who's been in the industry a long time, you've certainly never seen anything like this. You have a lot of experience leading a team of people, but not through this. You've you're you know, you've got a very significant role um, uh, with the restaurant association. It's a lot of that's a lot of a lot of pressure on you. Oh well, thanks for asking. You know, I'm doing fine. I I was born and raised in this industry, and um, kind of roll with the punches is, yeah. is sort of, you know, what you're taught to do. And I, I get a lot of support. Like people, when this first happened, once the board members said, well, you know, I'm sure you're probably thinking of all years for you to be chair why this year. And I said, yeah, well, first I kind of felt that way for a minute. Then I thought, you know what, I kind of what, maybe there was a reason and it certainly has been, um, unconventional, but I've had the opportunity to speak with people and gain insight that I don't think I would have had otherwise. Um, certainly working closely with this amazing group of people across the state, people, some people, some of whom were my mentors when I first got into it. And um, You know, you were right with what you said earlier. We, everyone, it's like restaurant people, hospitality is really the industry we're in. We're kind of a bunch of survivalists, and um, it—it's it, been—it's been a great year in the in the end because it's been so um, challenging. But also, you wake up the next day and you kind of go, "What's going to happen today?" And it—it it always works itself out. And certainly, um, you know, it's affected our employees. That that breaks my heart. Like I said, because we have people that don't have childcare, you know, and their kids are home because they're not in school. So there's you see you see the world from a lot of different angles and and um, you know have a lot of close conversations with them and try to help them through their struggles too because it's been hard on everybody. Mm, yeah, you're a group of people that again as a collective, you know your whole career is based on providing for others. You know sustenance um, hospitality warmth invitingness you know you're, you're bringing people into your home so to speak mm-hmm. every day uh, oftentimes 365 days a year and it's always a focus on making other people's you know whether it's their lunch their dinner their breakfast their day better mm-hmm. so you one of the things that I just always like to ask is why I ask you that question is, is I want to know how people are holding up and I hope that you and your peers there in Wisconsin and around the country that are running these places are finding amongst all this. Um, I'm sure it's hard, but are finding time to take care of yourselves, both you know, your physical health, your mental health, because it requires a lot. You have to have that strong foundation to, to manage all this, both both physically and mentally. Um, and y'all are typically so focused on others. So I find a lot of folks sometimes don't take the time to take care of themselves. But uh, we want you to and we need you to, for sure. Oh, 
thank you. Yeah. No, we're pretty, you know, it's been, it's, it's been, it's been just fine. I mean, we, the, there's a sil- little bit of a silver lining for some of us because, you know, in our case, we were open seven days a week, lunch and dinner at the newest restaurant. And with this, we decided, well, maybe just dinner is going to be feasible and maybe we should only do Tuesday to Saturday. And the little bit of the silver lining there was we got to slow down just a little bit more. Mm. And, um, and so did our staff, the ones that were working, a little more life-work balance. And you, you start to realize that maybe that's okay on more of a consistent basis, you know. It's a so lot more sustainable. It, yeah, no kidding. And it, so things like that, you know, get you through. And, um, you know, life is fun. And we live in a country where you can do something else, figure it out. And there must be. So we all keep doing it. <laughs> I think you're right because we we love that we love that hospitality thing where, you, as you said, you we see people celebrating, we see people mourning, we see people. We had somebody who called us a couple weeks ago to get dinner for their parents because they had a trip to Rome planned, and our main restaurant's an Italian dinner only restaurant, and they had to cancel it. Obviously, they couldn't travel, so they made an itinerary for them and picked up we had courses for them and they took it home and they they literally made them a travel itinerary that was like a book and each course was associated with a, a place that they were virtually visiting and they shared that with us and it was amazing they had such so a good time awesome. at home but it was really cool it was really cool to be able to do that what an amazing experience god i mean that memory will be you know, certainly a trip to Rome would be, but th- that's such a unique memory, and it involved the rest of the family. And what what a cool opportunity for y'all to be a part of something like that. And y'all are, y'all are the part of, part of things like that all the time. Well, um, it, yeah, I mean, it was like I was excited. This it was a brother and sister, the, their children who adult children, but they they took me to a giddy, and it was like getting sneaky. Like we're going to do this, and what do you want to do that? And they had the wine, they had the dessert, they had the, everything at the court. It was so much fun, and then they shared all these pictures with us, and, you know, they looked like they were actually there, you know, (laughs) they were having such a good time. So cool. That's what a great story. Um, What a great thing to be a part of. Well, look, you sound great. I am really enjoyed speaking with you, and I appreciate it, and, uh, you know, as as always, if we can do anything for you you know where i am um but tell your team you're in north carolina well yeah did you by the way did you hear my dog barking a little while ago did you I hear did. And do you have yeah. birds too we do have birds yeah i sit outside I to do these that. now because it's so nice but I, I um yeah so we have three dogs and that was our we just adopted this one a few weeks ago she's a blue tick coon hound and she has that oh. hound howl and she just finds things like whatever she finds that she wants to howl at and she just goes and i was like so i actually I got up and moved while we were doing that. i was like man she's not gonna she might not stop for an hour but um <laughs> but she finally did she came and checked on me a couple of minutes ago she's she's wanting some attention <laughs> that's such a great story our neighbor has a hound and it's she that 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 guy he's amazing he's about 15 and he loves my husband and every time he sees my husband walk by he goes oh yeah i love that i love the hound but it's just i can't get enough of it although my my, my wife and kids are like she's she's getting really annoying but uh she just needs a little work she's a two-year-old kind of puppy and um we adopted her from a uh rescue mission and uh good girl but uh i was like oh that's so sweet (laughs) well listen joanne thank you so much tell everybody hello for us and um we're here if you need anything always Thank appreciate you. it. Really appreciate it. Have All a great day. Right. You too. See you. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye.